So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Dwarf Podcast! Hi everyone, welcome to our bonus episode of Red Dwarf. So what is it? A Red Dwarf podcast or something along those lines anyway. It's the wrap-up episode, or at least the bonus episode in between series. Now this week we thought we'd do something slightly different from our other wrap-up episodes. We felt that maybe there wasn't so much to say about the changes the series have made, although we'll get onto that later. We thought we'd start with the quiz today. But in a massive change to tradition, Ooh. and I'm calling it tradition, <laughs> Dan is going to be quiz master today. Yay! Dan, 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 dan. I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know how Dan's feeling about dan, it. Dan, Dan, Well, there is, a, there is a lot less pressure on me at this point because um, I know the answers to all of these questions. And You yeah. always do anyway. What are you on about? <laughs> there is a difference in the pressure. When you've sort of been the quiz master, oh, I know so much about Red Dwarf. Oh, yes. <laughs> and this is where I come tumbling down. Well, unfortunately, it won't be. Uh, none of the questions are on the uh, series you've already asked us about. So, uh, however, um, because I am a respecter of tradition, um, it, it will follow a similar format to normal. So I'll ask each of you a question about each episode in turn. And we'll we'll go through anything you don't get right. will be will be handed on in order to uh, to everybody. So everyone will get a chance to get the first the first bonus, as it were. Uh, on a couple of occasions so i'll just answer questions when i'm asked how about that (laughs) without further ado we'll go straight in um and we're going to start with uh with matt turner and we're talking about the first episode in the series camille now lister is quite proud of having taught Crichton to break his programming and to lie and he tries to show that off to cat it doesn't go well what does cat suggest lister and Crichton do uh you two should audition for What's My Fruit? That is exactly right. Well done. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. For. I'm sorry, the, the, the big pause. I don't no, that'll go. The pause will get edited out. You'll just look like you nailed it straight away. It's all good. <laughs> ah. Excellent. Um, Matty, you're oh, next. Oh, God. What does Rimmer ask Camille to call him, but, but not in front of the others? There's no point putting your hand up, Matt. He's going to go in order. (laughs) (laughs) I can picture the scene. I can picture the scene. Well done. It's got a Rimmer and Camille in it. Yeah, I know, but... (laughs) Don't be evil. Oh, This is it. Matt's now playing and he's now the one giving it all out. Okay, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's gone. Okay, I'm going to pass it on in sequence. So I'm going to ask Mr. Maisie first. Oh, God. Uh, I believe it's Duke... It is Duke. Yes. It is Duke. Yeah. Don't say in front of the others, though. That they might have forgotten they call it me sometimes. <laughs> so we come to, Matt, your question. I'm nervous now. <laughs> when Crichton finally breaks his programming for the first time, how does he describe the banana? Um, a small off-duty Czechoslovakian traffic warden. Word perfect. Oh, <laughs> wow. Ooh. Wow, that's that's yeah. Oh impressive. Yeah. yeah. So Matty, your question on the episode DNA. 
what does Cat plug in that cuts the power to the scanners in the opening scene? A hairdryer. Correct. No pause there either. Yes. They're on fire now. Matt Maisie. What thought gave Crichton a double Polaroid? What thought? It was when he was looking at the super deluxe vacuum cleaner in the catalogue. That is correct. It was a, a triple back, triple bag, easy glide vac with turbo suction and self-emptying dust bag, to be precise. But I will take yeah, super deluxe. Uh, give, ha- give, <laughs> give him half a point for that. <laughs> no, I, I already knew I'd take, the, take, take uh, super deluxe vacuum cleaners. Um, Mr. Turner, on DNA... Crichton starts to feel bad about being human after he's uh, insulted his own kind. To make him feel better, Lister reveals that he too once sold out. What did he do? He went to a wine bar. Oh, you listened to the episode today. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's all... Do I get extra points for pine for extra points for pine kitchens, futons, and tapas bars? No, no, it wasn't I'm playing squash with a man named Gerald. Gerald. <laughs> Excellent. Lister really doesn't like wine, does he? Wine. 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 <laughs> anyway, episode three, Justice, Mister Maisie. Mm. As part of Crichton's defence of Rimmer in the retrial, he poses the question. Who would put this man, this joke of a man, a man who couldn't outwit a used tea bag in a position of authority where he could wipe out an entire crew? Who? You, you know, just wanted to say all that, didn't you? Yes, really? they did. Like <laughs> would it be only a yogurt? Yes, it would. Correct. <laughs> I'd even forgive him because it was so funny for the ridiculous pronunciation of yogurt. But anyway. <laughs> the Canadian yeah. pronunciation. Well, yes. Mr. Turner. What was the name on the stasis pod recovered from the escape pod in Justice? What was the name? You mean, do you mean the name of the woman that was in the pod? They thought the woman was that was in the pod mm-hmm. was... Oh, it's um, a cocktail. Bellini. Um, Barbara Bellini. Correct. Oh, I thought I was going to get a bonus one there. <laughs> uh, Matty. What crime does Rimmer get Lister to attempt to commit to prove how the justice field works? Um, he set fire, set fire to the sheets. Absolutely. Well done. We're rattling through, and points are being scored aplenty here. It's good. It's close. This is a good one. We come to episode four. Why the hell? What, according <sighs> to Rimmer, is there no Eskimo word for? <laughs> It's oh, I know it's a place. It's a place, and it's um, there's no Eskimo word for um. No, hang on, a second. I, 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 it's one of two. It's one of two. I'm going to say them both, but please don't say. No, no, choose one. Choose one. No, no, no. Shush. Choose the first answer, Dan. Because somebody else might. Eastbourne. Correct. Yeah, that was good. Oh, what's the other other one? Margate. I was going to say. I was going to say Bournemouth. <laughs> Eastbourne, well done. <clears throat> okay, Matty, it's your question. Okay. All right. Matty. Yes. So what is it? A Red Dwarf podcast. <laughs> Bonus <laughs> point. That's for the answer to the question I'm looking for. Um, 
so what is it? But that's the scene where he says it like a load of times because it they keep going. What ultimately is it? Um, it's the time thing. <laughs> it's the time. Take thing. points away. <laughs> Take points away from him. <laughs> it's the time thingy, Majiggy. Is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I know what it is. Something a bit more specific. Um. Oh God, I don't know. I don't know. It's. No, I don't know. I don't know. Mr. Maisie goes to you. Well, I've never seen one before, but I'm guessing it's a white hole. Oh. White hole. It was. Sorry. Probably. I. I don't know. I was trying. I was trying to make it a, a fun way of an easy question. But right. Well. Okay. Mr. Maisie. Oracle of all. Um, your question. I'll get this wrong now. The crew speculates that a newly genius Holly could create any number of devices to help them, including a time machine. Given the choice of any period in history, where would Rimmer go? Rimmer would go to Napoleon's generals marching across Europe and killing Belgians or something. Yeah. Is it Napoleon? I'll take that. It was the 19th century, but then he went on to say, as one of Napoleon's marshals, the chance to march across Europe with the greatest general of all time is to kill Belgians. <laughs> what a way to live. We're on to Dimension Jump. Like, this was a week ago, so hopefully... Oh, God. Pressure. It's all good. Um, uh, uh, Matty, it's you. Um, after the crash, Holly talks about the damage to Starbug. Lost the port engine, starboard engines packed up, fuel lines severed, we're taking water through the hole, we've lost the landing jet, half the electrics out, and what else had happened? And the uh, dice had fallen off the... The dice yes, had fallen down, it made it look more pretty. The elastic had Yes, Matty! Yeah. On the dice more pretty. The... <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Mr. Maisie, what are the three things that Melly and Bongo, between them, suggest to Ace they could be covered in in their quarters, if he was to come along. Maple syrup. Yes. Carrot malata. Yes. And hummus. Yes. For the point. <laughs> Three things for one point. How did you pronounce the second I'll one? I'll move on to your question. Carrot malata. Yes. I'll, I'll give you the point on the basis I know what Tara you meant. Masalata. Tara masalata. Tara I'll edit that That's in, don't worry. One. Thanks for getting me to say it. All right. Mr. Turner, according to the Starbug in-flight magazine, when people think of classic wines, what are they unlikely to consider? Estonia. Yes, can you be more specific? Oh, um, give me the quote again. Uh, when people think of classic wines, what are they unlikely to consider? Estonian red? Correct. I knew you had it in you. Is, is it? Correct. I'd have given you the point wow. for Australia, to be fair, but I wanted to make it. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Point. Okay. <laughs> right. We come to Meltdown, which should be fresh in the mind. Oh, God. Uh, Mr. Maisie, your question. Uh, according to Rimmer, if there weren't casualties, it wouldn't be war. What would it be? Uh, it would just be an argument with lots of pushing and shoving. Correct. Uh, Mr. Turner. When Crichton reports on the success of the Queen Victoria flanking manoeuvre, what is his call sign? I don't know. Matty, any ideas? Oh. 
I don't. Mr. Maisie? This is a hard one, I think. Um, is it something to do with Eagle has landed or something? Uh, no, it's not. No, um, it, Rimmer is Iron Duke and uh, Iron Duke. Is Pawn Sacrifice. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was a difficult one. Yeah. But, yes, it was. Oh, sorry. Mm. Uh, and, and bad quiz with that last question. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have got Matt. I'd have got Matt Mays's question. Got one, we got one more question. Uh, Matty, what punishment does River Rimmer give to Gandhi for apparently eyeballing him? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I know this one. Yeah, but it's the. Oh. You know that's what you're going to get as a bonus. Don't worry. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it's a stop. It's, it's stop eyeballing me, Gandhi. Um, That's not the punishment. Is it the? Is it the soapy frogs and remove his trousers? <laughs> no, it wasn't because he wasn't wearing trousers. Obviously, he was only wearing a nappy. Um, next in sequence, it's Mister Maisie. Really? Yeah. Um, uh. It's hit the floor and give me fifty. I think that is correct. <sighs> hit the floor and give me fifty. Gandhi really had a bad episode, unfortunately. First, he was, he was abused, he was given punishment, and then, of course, he blew up. But that brings us to the end of the quiz, and I can reveal that in third place, podium finish for Matty this week, three points. Yay! Yay! Silver medal, second place, Mr. Turner with five, and... Uh, six. But it wasn't. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Mr. Maisie with nine points is the winner of the season four quiz. Oh, I lucked out with a few bonus questions there. Uh, possibly, yes. possibly, but only one of the questions I put in, nobody knew the answer to, which mm. I'm taking as a good thing. I'm not yeah. implying a criticism of your quizzes, Matt. I'm just saying that I, I, I'd like to think I pitched it about right. <laughs> Over to you. Well done, Dan. Thank you for that. Yes, it was. It, thank you, Dan. It was. It was very entertaining. Apart from my last question. <laughs> well, I do apologise. I, I, I guess I wrote that. And so you should. Literally a day or two after watching the episode, so it was all fresh in my mind, and I had the scripts in front of me, which also helped. So I, I mean, I'm it. I'm annoyed. It's funny I didn't remember that one because it's quite a funny line actually, isn't it? Iron Duke, and it relates to the other question you asked as well. Indeed. I like I like I like that one. Iron balls and Duke. I like that one probably because I think I've got the most right in that one compared to others. Even if it's third <laughs> place, I'll take it. Let's move on to a a different type of discussion. We'll see how this goes. I mean, first of all, let, let's um, just think about series four. I don't think there's too much to say, is there? I, I don't feel as there's loads. There's a few uh, slightly upped in production. Uh, people like Crichton are more confident with their character. But is there much more anyone else wants to say about Series 4 compared to where we were coming from in Series 3? Well, you called it right at the end of Series 3 and you said there are no bad episodes from here. I mean, you know, nailed it. Yeah, I, but... I have to say, we'll come on to the rankings. I found it very hard for this series. I hmm. Yeah, it was, the mo it was the most difficult. Yeah. It was by far the most difficult because everything was of a very similar standard. Yeah. It was a very good standard. It was all very good. Bar White Hall, they were all great. <laughs> Bar what? White, white, white hall. White, white hall. <laughs> Sorry, the Jack White Hall episode. Of course, I was talking about, but um, Bar White I, Hall. I think I, I think I found series three slightly more difficult to to rank when we were ranking them. 
for for me the standout was a single episode in this series uh, whereas in series 3 I think there was a couple that I was conflicted about for the for the top honors and then there were a couple in this one that I I was less fond of going out of it um than what I expected so they sort of like ended up at the bottom so um, not easy but slightly easier that's all I'm saying did we prefer this uh, has the series improved is it on an even playing field where, where where are we in relation let's ask the noob where are we matty going into series four or finishing series four what did you prefer series three series four series four by far by far yeah yeah by far i mean don't get wrong i realize like series three but series four to me I think obviously it's been modernised quite a bit. Obviously, newer stuff and things like that. But and the storylines felt a bit more modern as well to me. Um, it's probably closer to what I'm used to, mm. maybe in that way. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, but by far, yeah, series four has definitely been the best series for me so far. Well, that's good. But moving forward for you, um, Matt. Quick thoughts on that. I I don't think I would like to say whether I thought the series was better than series three and vice versa I, I enjoyed them both i think there was different tones and qualities but um i personally found that series four the episodes were all of a very similar standard where there was a one or two that i was not so happy with in series three there was there were a couple of really major standout ones in series three for me um that i i would put among my favorite Red Dwarf episodes, and I think that there weren't any episodes in Series 4 that match those two in terms of the ones I like. Dan, what about you? I mean, these are difficult questions. It doesn't really matter too much, but what do you think? Are we improving same sort of ground? I probably agree with a bit of what Matt said there. This was great. This was absolutely great. There were There really weren't any weak episodes. I found, as I said, ranking difficult because nothing fell below a certain bar and that bar was, was really good stuff. I, I think there's a there's a real familiarity with this series for me, whereas I remember watching season three, remember it really, really fondly, but for whatever reason, haven't rewatched that as much as I have season four and some of those beyond. So this was really, really comfortable for me. I re, you know, there were episodes I was really looking forward to. I was looking forward to Meltdown. I really enjoyed it. Now, in the analysis, I, I don't know that it lived up to the to the really high expectations I had of that because I remembered it so fondly. But I remember watching series four, and I remember going to school and talking about it. And yeah, it, it didn't disappoint on that score as a, as a series. I thought it was great. Yeah, definitely not too much between them. I, I think I err uh, slightly on the side of series three personally, but but it's only slightly. I mean, the familiarity, like I say, plays well in this series. There's great stuff, but let's 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 quickly go how we ranked it. We were very different on this one. We we were all over the shop compared to each other. Again, it may be just a, a quirk of oh, where do I put this? Where do I put that? But um, and three episodes have come out with the same scores, and they've Ooh. ended up at the bottom of, of the the poll, if you like, um, all on eleven points out of a a, a possible twenty four. Um were Camille, DNA, and Justice, interestingly. Okay. Wow. Um, and 
and they've got to that many points through a variety of scorings, you know. So, so I put Camille as my second favourite of the series, for example. Oh, okay. Um, and Matty put DNA as his second favourite of the series. So, uh, yeah, and and the other points are sort of like a few low ones around there if we're calling them low. After that, we've got Dimension Jump. So, second from bottom. <laughs> I think it's they're all scoring, which means they're all fourth. They're all fourth then. Yes, yes. So then um, Dimension Jump is third. So they've got fourteen points, which is you know, I put that at the bottom of my pile, which is why it's um, um, dragged down. I just as I said when we reviewed it, just there's just something about it this time around that that had lost something for me for some reason. Um, then next up was Meltdown. Which again surprises me because that was my other one. I put quite low down, dimension jump and meltdown. I put at the my bottom two, which you know, that's how the cookie crumbles. But I got sixteen points. Uh, Matty put that as his favourite one, which is good. I did. Um, good in the sense of he made a mistake uh, because, <laughs> because he only put white hole in fourth place. I can't. I can't be right. I can't be right with these, can I? <laughs> Well, you're, you're close. You're close. You're just a just ignore off. him. And that's win away. Um, and then Whitehall, three of us put it top. <laughs> Matty, Matty put it not, not top at all. I really. don't know why. I just didn't get it as much as I thought I would. But And, <laughs> and um, that got 21 points. So a, a good score all around for Whitehall. So, so very good. Now, that's fine, Matty. You live and learn. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Sake. <laughs> uh dear. Uh, but yeah, very difficult. Uh, interesting where they've turned. We're all over the place, so I'm not sure what that means really. Nothing. It's just airtime. Well, no, it's it's variety. <laughs> it's variety. It would be really boring if we all, you know. Yes, I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you. Yes. What did you think? I liked it. Yes, I agree. That would be really boring. We, just you know, just for interest's sake, though. Then, um, it, so so Matt, you put um, justice as your bottom one. Uh, Dan yes. put DNA as his bottom one, um, and Matty put Camille as his bottom one. So, so we were really all over the place with those. We only re- only three of us agreed on the top ones. There was White Hole, but everything else was, like I say, all over the shop. It was very very difficult. I mean, I, and basically, it 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 came down to if there was one thing I didn't like in the episode more than the next one. Or one thing I liked in the episode more than the the next. That was it. Was just I mean the reason I gave um, Justice the bottom one is because I didn't like the, sim, the the simulant. I couldn't stand him. That was the reason. Mm. That was the only reason why that was the bottom one for me. The, at the end of the day, this series has been just a series of very good, high quality entertainment and black hole. So it white hole. Sorry, um, so <laughs> I got that wrong. <laughs> Well, we've gone from Whitehall to Black Hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, it's just been a week of a series of very good episodes and Whitehall, and I think that it it has it's really showed. I think on this one, it's been so much more difficult to to rate them. It has. I mean, I've changed my mind uh, from what I thought it would be after going through all this stuff with you guys. Like Camille was so much higher than I expected. You know, I thought that was probably going to be my worst one of the thing. I put it second from top in the end. You know, and Dimension Jump, like I said before, that surprised me how much I didn't enjoy that. Maybe it was an expectation thing. I don't know. But but that's where we are. Anyway, so the other thing I wanted to 
go on to is because you know reasons that Matt's just said about rating things something you didn't like as much or something you did are mm-hmm. moments now I wanted to look back at, at we've done four series now so looking back over all of Red Dwarf um, so far and where in our heads we think the best moments were now obviously we talk about these moments every single week but when once we've done the podcast and maybe listen to it a few weeks later if if indeed we do listen to it and uh and you go away with these things and me and dan have often mentioned oh we remember that bit and we take that with us and you know last week was the the gandhi moment we both remember that fondly so i put compiled a few and then asked you guys to chip in some as well in case i'd miss some to see what we felt our top moments were now and we've come out quite similar Really, something that everybody chose. Uh, no, three of us. <laughs> three of us chose. So what is it? A white hole scene. Um, one of us didn't. I, I don't like to reveal who it was. Lost him in the quiz, you know. Oh God's sake! <laughs> but but Massey, you did put in which we didn't. The Gandhi moment, which to be fair is a great moment. Gandhi getting blown up. Gandhi all, exactly. Gandhi all around was great. So um, definitely worth mentioning there. Oh, no, something we have all chosen was from Polymorph. Do you know what it is? Yes. Yes. Clitoris. The clitoris, clitoris scene. Clitoris, yeah. I mean, I put down clitoris because it is an obvious oh. uh, touchstone, whether it's that line or whether it's all the lines. Just there was the whole so... scene. Oh, yeah. So brilliant. I think yeah. it's my favourite my favorite scene that we've on, on any episode we've had so far. And Dan, I Dan do you want to respond to that? I do wholeheartedly agree. It's the most brilliant scene in in Red Dwarf so far. Yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot so wait for the whole world to just give Keisha a chance. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely. I mean, definitely uh, close to the best one. I mean, I wasn't worrying about ranking these too much, but but yeah, I mean that that is a superb scene. Um, three of us put in one of my other favourites it would be if it's uh, in, in my top five and it? it is as in Smee he... yeah of course uh, Dan, Dan didn't quite make your list but but um, I'm sure you enjoy that one um, so other things we've got so I've got on mine I've got a first series appearance from Fitch Fitch Matt's got that as well um, we, we enjoyed that a lot at the time I think that was one of our highlights of series one and then series two, Dan and Matt have both got uh, Queeg. I presume that I put the, the reveal of Holly as Queeg. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, there were many moments in the episode that make it a, a highlight. Um, well, I did have a second in there, which didn't quite make the list, but I just, my enduring image of Holly, my favourite enduring image of Holly is him as the night watchman on the portable TV. Yes. <laughs> He barely has to say anything. I mean, he does, but he barely has to say anything. He gets a laugh as soon as he wheels on. But no, that that Queeg reveal, oh god, I love that. And this is a uh, this is why we keep bemoaning the fact that Holly doesn't have stuff now, isn't it? Because we have these mm. fond memories of the of the early Holly stuff. Right, a couple of other mentions. Then I've put in double Polaroid as one of my favourite moments. I love that scene. Uh, Dan, you've got from the series one. Do you want to do your impression? Oh. This is mine, and this is mine. <laughs> One or two of these, actually, you know. So, what is it? Recurs. Uh, fish comes up more than once, and 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 this is mine is used more than once. But I, what I what I love, and as you say, we're now four series in. 
we haven't had we've had some some turns of phrase but we've not had catchphrases and very few characters are relying on saying the same old thing they're finding different ways of doing it but yeah cat saying fish um and cat saying this is mine well why not say it lots because it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant it's sort of a shame it doesn't come up now isn't it They're, um when they visit a new place if he got his spray out and and did it where he was that'd be quite nice <laughs> um you also mentioned the camphorwood oh, I, I just thought it was such a brilliant it is as that episode turns it's, it's as you begin to see it's really really raw it's one of my absolute standouts as we'll get to in due course but yeah no i, I just love it it's not even a funny line necessarily it's just it's a situation in a situation yeah. comedy. Yeah. Do you mean? Do you mean that I, I'm not enjoying this, mate? It's um, a, your guitar this, made of camphor. Oh, he leaves the room, comes back. Your guitar yeah. made of camphor wood. I would. I would say that that the scene prior to that with I'm not enjoying the, this day. The real sort of like pathos between Lister and Rimmer. Again, again, I think that that's probably one of my favourite bits as well. That, that was just wonderful yeah it's good stuff and so the only other the difference and i haven't read this out in order but what i want to do is as we go through the episodes if something comes up you think hey this is entering my this is entering the pantheon of my top five moments shout out and and we'll um put it in your list to see where we end up um the only other one we've got i think is matty and it's a first series one do you oh. not want to talk about matty you told me about it is it the everybody's dead dave yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is, I agree. It's one of the great moments of series one anyway. It's it's what it's essentially it is the beginning of the entire story of Red Dwarf. Everybody's dead, mm. Dave. That's 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 what starts it. No, I remember you enjoying that when we, we started and that sort of hooked you, didn't it, really? That, it did. Although although you may not have always uh, got there with everything in series one when it was not always quite in place, but that sort of hooked you in, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. There were other honourable mentions, um, which people didn't choose. I'm just going to quickly run them off just for the sake of it. I mentioned the dog milk one and the dog food. The cat got quite a few mentions. I mean, it was a personal one for me. Maybe you lot didn't like it as much as me, but I still love the gone, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the bright side. They're gone, buddy. We had unpack Rachel. Yeah. Get out of the puncture repair kit. The Flintstones scene, I think, was maybe a great that didn't oh, quite make it. Yeah. Um, I put, I've chucked in spare heads. That sort of came up to my mind after I sent you a list. <laughs> Too slow, chicken Morango. <laughs> Love the line. Yeah. Um, and obviously a classic moment, which maybe you'd bonk anything, wouldn't you, Lister? <laughs> oh, yes, that's funny. But I you think said- they. They would play into what uh, what our favourite episodes are. Dan? Well, you know, you finished by saying you bonk anything Lister. We've not really mentioned many Lister bits in that. We've got brilliant good lines from Holly, from Cat, uh, and from Rimmer. Not not masses, apart from Smeekied, from Crichton, and really not a lot in there from Lister. You know, the show, if you think about it, the show is the last human alive and this motley crew. And yet, you know, and I don't think Lister isn't funny. I just think that the bits that stand out, I don't know, I've only thought as you've run through them, it's the first time I've thought of it. There aren't we, any. We did raise, we did talk about it originally in the first couple of series that Lister wasn't the funny one as such. He was doing True. funny stuff. I mean, there was a, I did jot down, uh, I want to mention my mate here is incredibly, incredibly brave. Uh, if, um, yeah. 
and he's obviously part of the situation quite a lot. The double Polaroid thing, I think, is funny because Lister is there responding. Yeah. You know, it's the situation, it's what it is, his response. He's the one who sets fire to the camp for wood. Uh, you know, and, and the counterpoint to Rimmer, and we've all talked about, you know, Rimmer and his in his, his campaign and his major, and I mean major leaflet campaign, is funny because it's funny, but it's counterpoised with Lister walking around mm. wanting to twat it. So, yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. it, it, it is an ensemble piece. And, um, and uh, I mean, I, I thought the Flintstones asked was, I'm almost thinking the Flintstones could be in my top five. And that's a great Lister and Kathy. But you're you're right. It's just it's just the role of the dice, I suppose. But it's the way the characters are written, yeah. I, I guess. But the, um, yeah, the Flintstones bit is that is a joke with two punchlines, isn't it? You know, I mean, yeah. I, I was howling with laughter. With, I'd go with Betty, but I'd be thinking of Wilma. That's funny. Yeah. And then Lister follows it up. You know, so it's just yeah, it is good, and he's definitely you know he, he's part a very big part. Is it funny? But I just oh yeah, definitely, if, if talking, it it's just interesting that. Um, it wasn't very many of his lines that, uh, or moments that had that made our tops. I mean, I went through the, all the episodes and and sort of, I didn't look anything up particularly. I just sort of thought what was good in that episode, what was good in that, which is why I missed a couple as well. And, and yeah, they there was just ones that jumped out from from memory really, but there were plenty of them really, <laughs> which is what's great about the program. Okay, so that's a, a little feature just to, to get us thinking about over past episodes. Um, th- then the other thing was, I-, I wanted to hear from you guys your your five favourite episodes that we've hit Ooh. so far. Not necessarily in order. I, I think Matty might have jot- jotted them down in order, but we know what he's like with orders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let- let's hear it. Let's see how close we are. We won't necessarily point them up or anything, but Matty, do you want to give us your, what you are thinking of your, as your top five? As my top five, I can. Yeah. God, this is going to be controversial. Um, okay, then. You're no stranger to controversy. <laughs> no. It's being the newbie, because I'm the one that's got, like, the fresh the fresh head look on it all, in comparison to you guys, you know, have been around since the Victorian what, what, ages. What, what, we're the three old northern heads, are we? You know, and when you watched it, tallies were relatively still new. But, um... So... <laughs> Keep digging. <laughs> so, at number five... I have got Queeg. I'm scared. I top five. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just not going to look at the screen when I'm doing this. Number four, I've got DNA. Number three, I got I got better than life. <laughs> number two, I got polymorph. And number one is meltdown. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's why I didn't want to make too much of a point. When, for anyone who listened to our last episode, I stayed relatively quiet because I didn't want to make too much of a point out of it, but say how much I liked this episode. So, yeah, this this was my favourite episode, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad some people enjoyed those episodes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> White Hole isn't anywhere in that list, though. Yeah, that does, it make, does it make your top 20? <laughs> Yeah, number nineteen. I should, I should hope so. There's, there's only, we've only seen twenty-four <laughs> episodes. Well, I, I it's um, it, I think it's nice that you've got a couple of series two ones in there. Mm. I think it's good. I, I love series two, so it's good stuff. Uh, where was Parallel Universe? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be twenty-four. <laughs> oh, you've never, you've, he's never got over that, has he? <laughs> never will. 
<laughs> Go on, Matt. Give us yours. Right, mine aren't in it, aren't in order, and I'm not going to put them in order. So that's fine. Um, I have I have five episodes, and they are Queeg, um, White Hole, Matty. Okay, you can <laughs> you can shush and submit because White Hole was a great episode. Uh, Marooned for the uh, lovely hand, two-handed bit between Rimmer and Lister. Uh, Polymorph for just being just great greatness and for the clitoris theme. And <laughs> I have two vying for one spot. Ooh. And I don't know which one's which one I'll to choose. I'll just save both of them. Go on. Okay, time slides. will be pushed out next series anyway, don't worry. <laughs> okay, time slides and meltdown. Ooh. Oh, another meltdown. Another meltdown. I didn't see that coming. Why? 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 Was, I'd give it a place just for just for Alvis, quite frankly, because he was that good. <laughs> it was bottom two in my series four, let alone top five. Of all oh, time. just shush. <laughs> Go on, Dan. Put them right. Um, again, I'm not going to rank these. I'll just I'll do them in order that they appeared. Um, Queeg is in my top five. Still, it's going to take some beating to be fair it has a very 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 uh, special place in your heart the episode it doesn't really, it really does and i don't think i realized it did until we re-watched it and then we got to talk about it together and it's it's yeah it's a very special place in my heart um marooned polymorph white hole and dimension jump where's meltdown wow. Uh, Meltdown is uh, an episode that I like lots of parts of, but it didn't. It it what well, didn't make my top five. Oh, okay. What, I'm, I'm telling you. There are twenty four episodes. Four the um, same as me. It's interesting that my bottom two series four have both made someone else's top five. That's good news. Good news. The spread is good. Right. So mine, um, following the same sort of rules: Queeg, Marooned, Polymorph. I put in time slides, and. White hole. There you so go. I think Queeg is the best episode ever on the basis we all had it. Excellent. Well, we've all put it. We've all put it in. No, we, uh, we all put. Poly- didn't we all have polymorph as well? We all have polymorph as well. Oh, I was relying on Matt to not put it in there somehow. <laughs> Matty, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll join join first. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Queeg, polymorph, marooned, cropped up three times. And, and White Hole as well. White Hole was three times. But outline, so, so, so they're the they're the like, between us the most popular ones. So, I mean, I don't don't know if there's any identifiable thing in there that makes them any better than others. That just the jokes were nailed better, <laughs> funnier. I, I think with a with a with a number under our belts now, I think it's not just the jokes, is it? I think we're we're certainly what I was looking at was stories, how they hung together, how the episode played along and paced along. There were some there were some great bits in Meltdown. The reason for me it didn't perhaps make that uh was I thought hey there were some funnier bits in some of the other ones. But you know, it was a that was a great it ticked along nicely, you know, in, in, in Meltdown we got to the story really, really quickly. We talked particularly early on, didn't we, about how you know it was a good ten minutes into the episode sometimes when they, when they yeah. discussed the device the episode was named after or whatever it turned out to be. There was a lot of exposition early on, but still, you know, it moved along um, a pace. I think those are the episodes that I really liked that sort of hung together as a story. I think it's when you don't realise either that the twenty-five minutes has gone or it feels longer. 
Does that make sense? It just it, it just carries you along and, and you're totally absorbed in it. Those are the episodes that stick out for me. Mm. But again, doing this sort of exercise, it is just an exercise for the sake yeah. of it. I mean, they, they, they are they are truthfully ones that hold bits in that, that make me laugh the most at the end of the day, I suppose. Um, whether it's the... I think we said with Polymorph, or I certainly said what I enjoy about Red Dwarf are the concepts and the stories. And yes, there was a concept in Polymorph, but it was the least sort of one we could talk about with any uh, theme at that point, whereas everything else had had something a a bit meaty we could talk about. Although there was a a kebab in that one, so that was quite meaty. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have much meat in a kebab, to be fair. I mean, it depends on where you go, I suppose. Uh, This was a proper kebab, remember? Don't start Matt off again. (laughs) One one microwave and it comes out on a plate. Yeah, one of those. (laughs) A plate that's hastily put into place. You know. <laughs> uh, right, next up is our top worst moments. No, it's not. I'm joking. We're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, list your episodes that win, your favourite. Well, <laughs> let's look at Matt's, Matty's list for a moment and see what's I was just going to say, everyone, how it's going to be before it's just going to be me mentioned. I, I don't know if, if uh, you know, if uh, if there are any that were just dreadful. I mean, and I, there, was that, there was one or two in Series 1. It was the one about the the religion and and was it the one that was after that or something i've just blocked it out it was the episode where dan had gone fishing and um wasn't on it and, um, that was waiting yeah, for was, god you, wasn't it yeah was it oh i couldn't stand that and i, I think I mean, there was another actually, one balance of power did you was it balance of power you didn't enjoy so much it was one of those as well it was um yeah um, well, I can't remember. um and future echoes i can't remember oh i don't know but like thinking about it now how much quality stuff has come after it really does show them up. But then again, it was early on and they were finding their feet, so everything's forgivable. It's it's weird though, isn't it? If you think about it, because actually, if I look back at the episodes of the first series, they're all kind of the episodes of a show that have run out of ideas and are now doing these really, really random, strange things. Whereas now it feels more like newer stories. I don't know. The first series felt like a series of people that have run out of ideas already. Wrong, wrong, absolutely brimming over with wrong ability. Whereas it seems to have gone I mean, the opposite I, direction. Yeah, like when they went to, um, uh, there was the Crichton episode and then there was Better Than Life um, in series two. It was like such a treat. Yeah. That it wasn't, you know, that, that, you know, that there was there were other people, there was more things going on and it was like, ooh, you mm. know, shiny. <laughs> for, for one of the better words. <laughs> yeah, even, even like that really like, miserable grey beach in in Wales, you know, with the Robin Reliant and stuff and and Leslie Ash's sister as um uh Marilyn Monroe again, you know. Um it was it was a treat compared to some of the kind of Leslie less... Ash's sister. <laughs> I know. <laughs> in in series yeah. one. I mean there's you know, but it's 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 been weird for me, I mean, because of being a sort of part-time viewer, and where I would always, I would always have said, yeah, I liked Red Dwarf. I wouldn't have said I was a big fan. I would now say that I am a fan of Red Dwarf after re-watching it from the beginning, so everything has got a sort of context. Yes, there is a level of continuity, and no, there isn't a level of continuity, but generally there there are, and it does give the things that I've watched so much more context, and I 
remember elements. My my recall isn't that great because I would have only have seen episodes once, possibly thirty years ago. And so, um, yeah, there are things that I'm I'm, I'm finding and and. Yeah, I just I, I just always look forward to it, and and I I look forward to doing this as well because it's just so much fun. Mm, was a fan before this, but this adds an extra dimension to it, which is really in, enjoyable. Um, but we're we're halfway through now, Dan. Basically, of the original run, maybe yeah. not quite numerically, but series wise, there were eight mm. series on the BBC. Obviously, there's more to follow after that, but the original sort of like run of it, we're halfway through. And I, and it feels to me like we're in the the golden age of it. I think we're in the midst of that, and that's certainly my recollection. So I'm really looking forward. You know, I've I've re- like like Matt said, I've really enjoyed, like you both said, I've really enjoyed rewatching this, and 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 looking at it differently and and, and appreciating it differently. I I, I found it funny. Uh, I found it really, really enjoyable, but then I've enjoyed seeing it through different eyes and looking at it from different angles. And I've re- sometimes I find myself watching even it when they're wrong. Like, oh, so and so is going to like that bit, or so and so is not going to know who that was, or um, you know, whatever, whatever it turns out to be. But at the same time, I am also enjoying. Did you think that about Stan Laurel? <laughs> I was just waiting. I was, I was, I knew it was going to come up. God's sake, so predictable. That. Notwithstanding all of that, I, it, is, it is quite interesting to see, you know, Matty has come to this having not watched it before, regardless of age or generation. He's come to this not watching it, having watched it before, and so it is really interesting to see how he's in, how he's enjoyed it. And broadly speaking, I think he clearly has enjoyed it. Definitely. Um, but it's, um, I don't know, for me, and I'd be interested to to know what you think, Matty. It's because there's, you know, the special effects are occasionally distracting and hilarious. Um, they're rarely brilliant. Um, the, some of the model work is really, really good, mm. but uh, but some of the spe- but so you know, is it two things managed to suggest? Oh, so you really have to concentrate on the quality of the story and the and the yeah, and the acting, or does it just hang together regardless? I don't know what you what you reckon. It, it kind of hangs together regardless. To be honest, it, it I think especially the effects and things. I don't have any expectations for them to look incredible. I'm very much aware of the time it was as well. And to be honest, there's not been a point where I've said it's taken away from the story or it's taken away from it all. In fact, I'd say in some cases, it's made it more enjoyable. It kind of made a virtue. I'd like to think that they've made a virtue of some of the special effects. I mean, I remember thinking back to those early. You know, everything was, you know, just it was grey with what it was. So if it was a can of lager, it's just it was grey with lager written on it. And we've mm-hmm. seen the the plot. The, sorry, we've seen the sets and the, and, and the set dressing you know, get richer and richer and richer. This is ostensibly the same place. They've never bothered to explain it. And that's fine. Um, but we have seen that depth, you know, stuff in the background that we hadn't we hadn't seen before um, or now becomes, you know, now now pops out. Um, yeah, I, it, it's getting better and better, and for me, it's that it's that golden age in terms of what I remember from when I watched it before. Mm. So, yeah, this has been this has been good, and I, yeah, I'm I'm appreciating your your collective appreciation of it as well. It's giving me a new new lease of life on it. There you go. Even when I complain well, about Whitehall, remember the old adage: you can lead a horse to water, but a pencil must be led. I guess you are right. 
Yeah, well, I, I will slightly disagree with, with Matty on a serious level about the first series. I didn't feel as though it was a series running out of ideas. I felt it was a series full of great ideas, maybe not always executed as well as they might be. That's how I would there is, put it. Yeah, I would I would say that, 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 that I think you both have something there. There was a naivety in the first series because it was new. They didn't know how it was going to be received. So, and obviously they would not have got very much in the way of budget. And as we said, you know, the opening of it with the um, the ship and stuff looking as superb as as it did, you know, back in um, back in series one in the opening opening sequence. But um, yeah, I don't know if I agree or disagree with both of you, but I think there is elements of truth to both of what you said ultimately though it was it was something very new and very different i mean you know we we had we had had um the first trilogy of star wars before and obviously other things like battlestar galactica and um book rogers and whatever that was sci-fi related but not as a comedy as as a sitcom and it does stand out, and I've said this before, that there is still there is nothing like it other than there was that hyperdrive series, which was, you know, not that good. Didn't like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was. Um, so it's like, and also with what Matty said about having the no expectations for the um, the effects and, and what have you. Yeah, it, it also gives it gives it its charm that some of the um, effects are a bit grainy. I mean, you know, they would not have had, they did not have the budget. So, I mean, um, it's interesting that Dan brought that up, really, because I, I don't even think about the effects, really. It's only when things go a little bit wrong, like that plate in a microwave moment, that really you sort of think, oh, there were a couple of things in Polymorph we talked about. But overall, it rarely crosses my mind, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think because it's a science fiction premise as a sitcom, you there is a they, they end up doing a few bits and pieces with, with in terms of special effects but thinking about the few i would say other attempts at sci-fi sitcoms they've the, those little bits that i've seen of those few that there are a lot of it's been sci-fi jokes been you know pastiches on star trek or it's been it's been it's been mm. nerd jokes whereas this is in space but it's I don't know, it's like men behaving badly in space. It's not, I mean, it's not, it doesn't need to be in space. It happens to be, and they play with that, and they have a lot of fun with that, but it's, it, it's, it's these two. It's, well, it it's, gives it its edge. It, it needs to be in the sense that it gives it its edge. Not to rely on it, so it doesn't need to worry about the effects, and when they are, yeah, I think they, they play them to their advantage a lot. Well, it's a bit of both. When you say it doesn't rely on it, we've just had an episode where they teleport to another planet with wax droids so so in a way it you it uses it i i know i know what you're saying um but yeah it uses the, the scenario to tell those stupid jokes yeah. and i know i don't want to re-traumatize matt but obviously we could never have a winnie the pooh being um shot by a firing <laughs> squad in anything else really could we well i think you only got no. away with it clearly a stunt. I mean, maybe family guy or simpsons or something at the very most but but yeah. uh yeah, I mean, in, interestingly, there's been something muted recently about um, a new Red Dwarf series in America, them trying to make it again. And I read a couple of places, oh, that'd be good. It's sort of like, well, hopefully it will be good. Would it? It, it won't be anything like this. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean to say it won't be good, 
but it, it won't be this. Whether you know, it just won't be, will it? No, things, I mean, I, things, I things do and don't always translate, you know, interna- internationally. Well, it's like the they, office, isn't it? The office. Is of, sorry, the office is one of my all-time favourite comedies. Um, the American Office is good, but it is not the same. It's just not the same. There's an American series called Call Me Cat, and it's basically the American version of Miranda, but it has been absolutely slated. I think it's been on for like nine episodes or so. A shame, but they don't always work. No, well, you know, the program's good or it's not good, really. It's sort of like, it's, but it's, you're not ever going to capture Miranda and Stevie, are you, in that same way? Yeah. But I think some things get exported effectively, but they get exported. Yeah. Itself. There are, there's, there's um, was it AB, ABC, well, there's BBC USA, isn't there? But essentially, they, they get the opportunity to... Uh, America, yeah. <laughs> some things export well, and people appreciate the Britishness of them. When you remake them, then they don't always land very well, do they? When you try and reimagine it for a different audience. So I think you're right, Matt. If they uh, if they remake it for an American audience, it will be something else. And that's fine. But but it's known in America. Red Red Dwarf is known in America. I mean, um, and um, Doctor Who also could both get frequent mentions in like the Big Bang Theory, for example. Yeah. Um, frequent mentions, especially Doctor Who. But Red Dwarf is mentioned a few times, yeah. So it's known, and it's it's. But I think about. I think if you appreciate it, you appreciate it for what it is. I don't know, and I could be very wrong that that the people who like it as it is would necessarily like an Americanized version of it. Having seen a few things that they've Americanized, hmm. uh, and and by that I purely mean they've targeted it to a larger demographic in that country, as opposed to you know I'm not going to say don't mean that uh-huh. majority. It, it does lose it, some of its character and has a different character, and that's fine. I mean, I think that the American Office um, is quite is, is quite good, but you're absolutely right; it's not the same thing because the Office, the original Office, was about somewhere that was definitely in the commuter belt in the UK, somewhere around London. Time. Now, the anodyne nature of life and the, and the interrelationships in that environment would be specific if you put it somewhere else where is it scranton i think in the u.s version mm. and that maybe that's their equivalent of slap let it stay on its own two feet and be about these people in scranton and i think that's what they did and that's why it's successful as opposed to try and make the same well you can't help making a comparison unfortunately um and it, it'd be good to say oh don't make a comparison take on its own thing but you can't help it and also we haven't actually talked about the uh, uh the original american red wolf pilots which it exist and it was around this time where we're up yep. to i think that they were made i mean um i've watched bits and pieces. oh i never knew that yeah yeah um that they are they can be seen i'm sure you know where as a comparison it's it's hard hard work i think but if if it, if it was his own thing maybe watching it would be different now it never got past the pilot stage anyway so it, it didn't have a chance to grow like this one i mean arguably the pilot of that i haven't seen it in a long time so but arguably the pilot of that was better than some of the episodes in series one of this british show but you know it never got a chance to yeah. get any better um but nowadays a lot of these shows do, do especially in american shows and netflix they get um they get a chance to grow don't they i mean i've just been watching Shit's creek and you know, it's taken 13, 14 episodes to sort of like, oh, it's, now it's getting good. <laughs> I liked it from the start, but it's taken a while to get there. So I'm glad Red Dwarf had that chance, really. Yeah. 
and it, and I guess it, it it's different now, obviously, because there's a there's a larger landscape. So you the expectations that you need to be pulling in, uh, you know, four million people a night or a week for for that to be a success. Right, we'll recommission it. Well, it's different because it's so diluted now. That the expectations are slightly mm -hmm. different, but you also have the opportunity to get feedback and potentially change things on the fly a little bit more. Whereas, you know, the BBC would have taken delivery of, uh, typically in those days have taken delivery of a series of six cans of tape and they would have played them. And so if the first one or two episodes went down like a lead balloon, well, you either, I mean, back then they didn't cancel things mid-series. Um, they just ploughed on mostly. Um, but you that's it you're done you can't adapt it and fix it it's you don't get instant feedback it would have taken a very long time from conception to filming to editing to broadcast and then for you to get some and back then you needed someone to write a letter to tell you what they thought of the you. you know oh no, bless. no internet <laughs> couldn't do yeah. you didn't know that boom was tough well, as ever, guys, it's been an interesting conversation. Um, I hope people have enjoyed listening to us whitter on about that. We've gone into our own, own little uh, little world there. I think actually mm -hmm. Matt is there. He's going, what are these guys on about? I, f I feel like yeah. I've just sat through an episode of Question Time. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should change it to like, instead of Chef's Table, have like Dwarf's Table or something like that. We should call this episode now. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to put my cards on the table here. Series five, I think, is my favourite series of Red Dwarf. Oh, for God's sake! So, um, no, he didn't say no, what you thought he was going to no say. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, it has it has a diff different director because the the original director Ed By was not available because he was directing his wife Ruby Wax. Don't worry, Matty. I'm I'm confident. Even though I said that, there's stuff that you will enjoy. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, and on that note, on that note, we'll end there, if we may. So thank you very much, guys. Um, we'll see you next time for Hollow Ship, Series 5 of Red Dwarf. Dun, dun, Thanks, everyone. Dun. Cheerio. Bye. 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 Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss? Get him out of those nappies. <laughs>